Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toda Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, president of the Noseminster Family of Guitar Effects, which there has been some confusion. That is Nose Pedal and Westminster Effects. <laughs> uh, you can check us out at WestminsterEffects.com. Make sure you join in the discussion on the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. We are down our Augsburgian church nerd in Lincoln, Nebraska, John Ross, but I am joined by this is bradley cox middle-aged <laughs> pastor with a gray beard and bible nerd from greer south there Carolina. we go there How we go that? there we go that's that's much better i just made that up like right <laughs> just now on the spot yeah we can tell <laughs> <laughs> uh, so church this week and it's basically our uh our subject for for the week is we had a, a special service mm-hmm. uh, installing three new lay elders. Yes, uh, definitely outside of our normal church structure mm-hmm. or our liturgical structure, rather. And uh, but it was a really good service. I thought uh, so. Yeah, I mean, it kind of smacked you around a little bit. Yeah, w- with the hug in, involved too. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess just walk us through what we did, other than the the songs up front, and then it's like. Like, oh, hey, we're doing something completely different instead of just the standard three songs up front, sermon, mm-hmm. song at the end. Okay, go. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, like like you said, we, we installed uh, three new lay elders to our elder team. And so, after the first couple of songs, I'll just kind of walk through the order of service. Mm-hmm. Um I came up and sort of explained to everyone what we were doing. I mapped the service so people could know what's coming. Right. And um, then Keith and I made each made a presentation to the three new elders um, that was kind of coupled with a charge. I gave them a Bible, and I talked from Acts chapter 6, um, where the, the apostles, when the issue was raised about the Hellenist uh, widows not getting food, right? Uh, they appointed deacons so that the apostles could attend to the ministry of the word. Right. Um, and so I talked about what the ministry of the word is um, and what that means for us elders. And I presented them a Bible symbolizing that they are joining the team, that that is our primary responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then Keith came behind and gave a commemorative coin that um, you can go back and listen to our service when it, when it's online, but he talked about getting one of these when he was a police officer. And it was really just sort of a, um, almost like a stone of remembrance kind of thing is that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm committed to whatever I do it, to, it be for the glory of God. Yeah. You see, um, you see a lot of challenge coin type stuff in the military as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Challenge coin. That's what the term I was escaping me. But so Keith presented that. And then Keith and I, with all of our wives, we prayed together in front of the church and then the five, now five elders went up on the stage and our pastor emeritus, pastor Barr. Uh, came up and taught from Acts 20 for mm-hmm. about 15 minutes, and then he gave a charge, um, an oath to both the elders, and Keith and I participated along with the three new elders in mm-hmm. that. And, uh, and each elder individually, not just collectively. That's right. Each elder individually uh, participated in that, and then he gave a charge to the church, and then we prayed. 
Uh, and then the church got to hear from each of the three new elders. They each got about five or minutes or so to speak to the church. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, we came to the table and took communion yeah. together and worshiped. Um, and it was it was really really powerful i feel like yeah and we did a we did a tra- traditional rendition of it as well with my soul oh it was so that, good it that, was so that good. slapped a little bit <laughs> Man, it was so good and it was you guys did it with just like a just guitar, piano and, piano guitar. Yeah. and oh that was it was so perfect too because we sang that while the elements were being served right and i just thought that was powerful to be singing and meditating on that song while the elements are being served and then we took communion and sang great are you lord uh mm-hmm. after that which I think was, that was really the first pro- time we've played that one too right was it the first time i think so i guess so it's I so familiar so. such a familiar song it's surprising right. that's the first time we've done yeah it. It but I, I played bass and i usually treat that as half of a week off but since i also didn't play on it as well with my soul it's like three quarters of a week off. three quarters <laughs> of a week off there you go it's good but but at the same time like not playing freed me up to distribute the elements uh during that song and, yep. and hopefully not be distracting and stuff like that yeah, you distribute and them that, to the band and praise right them, right, right. Yep. normally yep. normally we we put that on one of the singers since they're not holding anything extra anyway yeah and uh but that just let me do that and and it was just kind of seamless that way it was, it was good. so uh, maybe maybe something to consider for the future um so yesterday we would we would call that i guess a special church service we kind of took mm-hmm. that sunday and kind of set it apart mm-hmm. uh we we didn't do our normal routine um th- there may be some, I, I don't know if many of them would listen to this podcast, but there may be some who actually object to that. Hmm. Uh, so where some people would say, oh, no, you should have just, you know, installed them as part of your normal liturgy. Mm-hmm. So how would we go about responding to that just briefly, um, just as a thought experiment, maybe? Hmm. Well, I don't think we abandoned our normal liturgy. Sure. Um, I mean, we still sang. Yep. We came to the table. Yep. We had exposition. Yep. Of scripture. I actually had all three of those. (laughs) We (laughs) we prayed. Yep. um, And, you know, and we fellowshiped. And so I think the, what was different about the service was maybe the order of those things slightly and also the length of them. Um, Right. And there were, there were some new elements thrown in. Um, it wasn't like normally our services in blocks. We have a block of worship mm-hmm. and then we have a block of exposition. And then usually that ends with maybe some more liturgy around communion or a benediction or whatever. And we end, but this was more interwoven with different ways of like, you know, I, I, you know, expounded a little bit on it, Acts 6, and there were symbolic gestures associated with that. And then Pastor Barr, you know, um, expounded on um, Acts 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, again, about 15 minutes as, a, as opposed to our normal 35, 40, 45 minute sermon. Right. Um, and then it included some symbolic gestures of prayer and oath. Um, which all are normal. I mean, even when the church recites yep. the Apostles' yep. Creed, I mean that is that's very much like an oath. Um, it's a it's mm. an anthem that we're making, and um, we believe this. And 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 the elders were charged to say we are committing ourselves to this, and the church was right. charged to say we're committing ourselves to that. And and so I think our liturgy was intact. 
it's just it just was different and the service included more ceremony yeah uh, and symbolism which i think that's worth talking about if you want to yeah sure but um which i can do now if you want yeah why not? I, I think um i think i think that our in, in this day and age it well i should say it this way in in the broader sc- scope of evangelical church in america there is really an absence or a minimizing of ceremony and symbolism Right. Would you agree with that? I, absolutely. Um, you, you look at, it's kind of funny. I don't remember who I heard talking about this, but you look at like your really liberal mainline, like PCUSA, uh, your more liberal Methodist churches, and they, they have the formal aspects without the actual content. Yes. Where, or, you know, you still have like pastors wearing robes right? and uh, stuff like that. A lot of wood trim. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Even to go that far. Uh, and then you have your more, conservative evangelical we would even say orthodox uh christians and a lot of them have the content without the forms involved and that's a really interesting uh dichotomy there Mm. and then in the modern churches you have um i guess the basic blocking and tackling fundamentals of worship music and preaching Mm -hmm. Uh, and then some of the modern churches are incorporating communion more often some every week even yeah um albeit sometimes with like communion stations where people can go at a certain point and just take communion basically on their own Mm -hmm. um but we we just don't have a lot of that ceremony that formal ceremony and symbolism much anymore and um i i don't think that's necessarily a good thing right Um, it's it's not a it's not a sacred thing in and of itself um, but I, I do think there's power in symbolism and in sort of leading people to meditate and savor moments, significant moments and significant things. You know, when yep. when when a, a student graduates from college, there's a lot of ceremony associated with mm-hmm. that. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And why is that? Why do we put those robes on and why do they hand out diplomas and why, why do we do all of this? It's because it's significant and it's a way for us to stop and savor the moments. And for our church, adding elders to our elder team is a significant thing. We've been on, we've been on this journey for almost a year yeah. now where we've been, you know, praying and interviewing and church submitting nominations and fasting and, um, you know, reading scripture and, and going back to the drawing board on what is an elder. We did all of that, you know, like let's, let's just let's just go back and see what does the Bible say about elders and what the responsibilities of elders are. And we almost just let 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 ourselves be refreshed mm-hmm. on all of that. This is a year long process. And now three men have been added. You could almost, you could almost use the term with how you went back to square one. You could almost use the term deconstruction in a, in a positive absolutely, way. Absolutely. Not, not where, how you see like your Derek webs of the world where they deconstructed and just kind of left everything as a mess. It was all right, let's, let's strip it down to the foundation, make sure mm-hmm. that the foundation's right. Yeah. And, and you, you get the foundation, right? Well, you still have that same kind of structure, right? Yeah, exactly. We went we went to my my Keith and I went to my pastor and we just said, Look, walk us through the text on yeah. eldership, on biblical eldership, and let's pretend like we know nothing. 
let's just go back to the drawing board. And we went through First Timothy. We went through Titus. We went through Peter. We, we, we looked at Acts. And we, we just, we, before we even thought about, okay, how, practically speaking, are we going to go about identifying new elders in our church? Before we even got to that question, we went back to what is an elder? Yep. And even wrestled with, are we qualified to be elders? Mm-hmm. Are we, and if we are qualified, are we doing the things that elders should do? And, and so we wrestled through all of that personally. And then we went before the church and said, okay, here's how we're going to do this and invited the church to participate in prayer and nominations and all of that. And so yesterday's service was not something that we were just going to fly by. Right. We wanted it to be special. We wanted it to be different. And 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 different doesn't mean you throw out the entire liturgical playbook. Mm-hmm. It it just means that you might do things a little bit differently than normal in order to emphasize, um, savor, and celebrate something significant in the life of our church. It's, it's kind of like baptisms in, the, in a service. Exactly. Is, is we don't we don't really do spontaneous baptisms at Res. There's usually a period of all right we're making sure of things and all that kind of stuff and then we have one sunday where we baptize people exactly and there's going to be some shifting around that yep uh so i guess one of one of the questions is what would qualify as as a special service Mm -hmm. uh i've you know thinking back through our history at res I, i seem to remember a special service honoring pastor Barr when he retired yep um I don't think we've done one. Well, we haven't had that major of a national tragedy or disaster in the five plus years that I've been here. Like yep. nothing 9-11 size. Right. But I would imagine that would be appropriate. Yep. Um, but it wouldn't be wouldn't be mandatory. No. Um, maybe uh, if maybe if there was a church scandal uh, where if, if something kind of blew up, yep. may, you know, we, we, we see a lot of stuff with uh, like the SBC yep. sex abuse scandal. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine something could happen there mm-hmm. where, where we just set aside a Sunday and address something like that. God forbid. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What else? What else do I have on my notes? I lost my place. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got another one coming up. Um, I mean, it's not going to be as big a deal as this last one, but yeah, we're, that's we're, right. That's next gonna, month, right? Next month, a couple of weeks, actually, we're going to celebrate uh, a year in our renovated facilities. And, it's not just about the building. What we've decided to do is we're going to take a a few minutes of the service and just talk about all the things that have, that God has done in the last year. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just not just the building, but everything as it relates to our community and our growth together, the impact that we've made outside the church, um, just celebrating and highlighting some things from the year, which I think is important. I, you know, somebody said this to me not that long ago. Um that we we in in our day we tend to just go from experience to experience to experience to experience and we never yep. stop and process those experiences right. and i think it's a good discipleship ethic to in every way that you can lead people to pause and process yep what's happening we we talk about and we teach the word of god and 
that's truth that's real and so how are we experiencing that in the life of the church Mm -hmm. and that's what this past sunday was is that we we've taught on biblical eldership we've taught on church leadership we've taught about the importance of the exposition of scripture and digging in scripture we've talked about the importance of sound doctrine in our church we've talked about that at length and now We're going to pause and celebrate and savor uh, something that God has done that is has everything to do with those core values of our church and how we're living those out. Um, and so I think anytime you can, you know, pause, I, I, I'm a fan of rhythm and consistency in Absolutely, the life of the yeah. church and particularly on the Sunday morning. But I, I'm also a fan of periodically pausing and doing special emphases to help people process and savor what God is doing, what's going on in the life of the church, and and perhaps in some cases what's going on in our world. Yeah, you, you talk about going jumping experience to experience where not every Sunday is a quote-unquote set-apart different Sunday. Right. Uh, like when we when – we, installed the trustees that was not an entire service unto itself right it was that wasn't as big of a deal because Mm -hmm. we've had this thing in place for so long that's right and it was just like here's some turnover we're going to recognize people who've been serving who who's being installed and perfectly okay yep um it kind of reminds me of you know how you see uh and this is just me nerding out on sports for a second of you know you, you think about baseball or college football, particularly with all the alternate uniforms that you have, (laughs) or, or the NBA has really jumped the shark lately. Everything is either a cause or a reason to have an alternate uniform. And it Mm. ends up just becoming static. I I particularly think of the university of Oregon where they could go like the next 30 seasons and not and not no. repeat a, a uniform combination between yep. their helmet jerseys and pants yeah which, which exactly. is exactly it's a, it's it's quite the feat honestly yeah. um but <laughs> it really is but but at the same time it's like they don't they don't have an identity uh, like a visual identity anymore mm. like it, it's not hey you know us being Clemson fans, mm-hmm. uh, we know what they're going to look like every week. Well, and, but I think, and, and I don't, I'm, I realize not everybody that listens to this likes sports, but right. you contrast the two teams, Oregon, that their change in uniforms has become static because they do it all the time. Yeah. Versus what Dabo Sweeney has done at Clemson. Mm-hmm. When, you know, Tommy Bowden was the head coach at Clemson. We wore different uniforms, not as much as Oregon, but all the time. You know, the purple pants and the the orange pants, there was no consistency to it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he took over, he he instituted this, what what he calls phases of the season. Mm -hmm. And so in the first part of the season, I don't know what they call it, but, you know, for lack of a better term, it's just the normal phase. And so they wear the, the white pants and white jerseys. Um, for away games. For away games. And then at home, they wear the orange jerseys and the white pants. Yep. But then as the season gets closer towards the end, yep. it yep. becomes championship phase. Yep. And that's when they break out the orange pants. Right. They and, mean something. And now. the only time they break out the purple uniforms is on military appreciation. Right. Day. I still hate those solid purple. I but. do too. But, <laughs> but, but here's the point. Dabo found a way 
to incorporate special emphasis with consistency yep. so that it means something. Right. And I think that is the something that the church should do. Not that we're learning from football teams. We're learning from Scripture. But I think that there are times when it – it, it is important to emphasize things like baptism. Yep. They, those things should be special and they should be set apart. Um, at, when, when elders are installed or when there's a significant milestone in the life of the church, I think there are numerous biblical examples of pausing and celebrating. I mean, just the, the, the way God instituted the, the rhythm of the feasts in the Old Testament. And, For you know, sure. Passover. Yeah. It, it, there are times when God wanted his people to stop savor process meditate remember and, and so you, I, you even have that like kind of that continuity between old and new covenants where yeah. you have you have your weekly worship mm-hmm. but then there are times where you stop and pause that's right and i think it's good to do that awesome uh shall we move on to the inquisition sure Does God run out of patience? How do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of Scripture? How do I deal with my kids who have left the faith? Does God forget our sin? Join the discussion on all these topics and more on the All 7 Days podcast, where Stan, who also happens to be my dad, and Trevor take your questions and answer them from the perspective of a couple of church members just having a discussion about spiritual matters. Subscribe to the All 7 Days podcast today on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, or your other favorite podcast listening platform and check out all7days.com. questions. These are listener questions submitted on our Facebook group, so make sure you go and uh, submit your questions there every... I usually post that on Sunday evenings. Uh, So Brian Morris asks, World Series, Astros or Nationals? And I hate the Nationals. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So go Strohs, and they're just a better team anyway. I got them in five. We're recording this the day before the first game, so uh, we'll see how rad I am. (laughs) I so did not expect it to be those two. Yeah, I, I expected the, the Astros. It, I guess it, it was going to be the Astros or the Yankees. Yeah, those teams so. were just too good. Uh, but the Nationals, I did not see coming. No, at all. no, their uh, pitching just kind of went off the charts. Man, there Scherzer, the Scherzer's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, also, Brian Morris, uh, this is this is a really good question. How do you recover after preaching or leading worship or both? It's a delight to serve the church, but sometimes it can be exhausting. Mm. Uh, we both know that pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess for me, it kind of depends on the Sunday. Yeah, uh, where you know this Sunday, I felt pretty good after church. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't gassed at all. I, I think I had, uh, you know, a, an extra cup of coffee that afternoon mm. and that was about it. Yeah. There's other Sundays where I, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally going to take a 15 minute nap and that turns into two and a half hours and I feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Well, for me, um, I, 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 let me say this. It, it is one of my favorite things about my life to, 
I'm not the quintessential early riser. I do get up fairly early, but mm-hmm. I mean, on Sundays I get up really early. Yeah. And I love that. I look forward to that. Um, even though it's it's a super early morning, I'm here by 530. Um, mm. I enjoy being just full out on Sunday morning, whatever right. I'm doing. If it's helping with worship or uh, preaching, whatever I'm doing, I love that. So, you know, yes, here's how my day went yesterday. I got up at 5. I was here by a little after 530. Um, I went over my notes and prayed and, uh, just for my part in the service, uh, went over, did the volunteer rally, um, with Keith. We, and, and then after that we had church after church, we had a luncheon for all the new elders and their families who Mm -hmm. came to be a part of the service. After that luncheon, I had two counseling appointments. And so I left here just a little bit before 5 Mm p.m. So I got here wow, at 5.30. Yeah. I left here a little bit. I mean, bit. you basically had a, you, you had a 12-hour day. That I had a 12-hour day. But I got home, mm-hmm. and I love the rest that comes after that. Like, oh, yeah. It's a really yeah. important thing. Like, my wife and I are very intentional about how we handle Sunday afternoon evenings. Mm-hmm. So I came home. I laid down in the bed for about 30 minutes, uh, turned on a football game, and maybe halfway watched it closed yeah. my eyes a couple of times here and there. And then I got up. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot to watch with your Falcons this year. So no, there's not. <laughs> um, so I got up and then, you know, my, I went to be with my family. We made breakfast for dinner, eggs and biscuits. Hey, and, we did last night too. And, and, <laughs> and then we, we, we caught up with the kids, you know, um, cause I don't see them a lot on Sunday. And then we watched AFV together, mm. uh, got them ready for bed, had prayer together and went to sleep. And it was like that rest at the end of the day is really important. And, and I think, Mm -hmm. um, when, when you serve on Sunday mornings, um, I, I just think people that are play significant roles like that, they ought to go full out and be sure don't, don't be flipping about it. it as intentional as you are about, getting up on time, laying yep. out your clothes the night before. We had a whole episode on that. Be as intentional about the rest afterwards. Oh, yeah. I mean, structure that in. Yeah. And plan for it so that you can have it and enjoy it. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I've also, particularly since I don't have kids, I can do this more often, is I've started reinstituting just taking some time and reading a different book than I have been reading normally. Yeah. So, uh, so last night I read some from... Uh, Spurgeon's lectures for my students, uh, where our other pastor on staff, I have to say on staff now because we have more elders now. Yeah. Uh, so Keith leads our life group and we did a secret Santa and several years ago, he got that for me yeah. and I had read some of it on Sunday nights and then just kind of fell off of that. So, uh, it was some Spurgeon last night and eventually I'll start doing like a chapter of Sunday in like the institutes or something. I don't yeah. know, but like that's, I mean, it's, it's just a, a good pattern. Um, you know, if it's restful, um, may have some bourbon or something like that with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the point is like, you know, set it apart, you know, like it, it, I think it's an important part of the Lord's day. I mean, I'm not one of these people that says, okay, you got a hardcore Sabbatarian. No, I'm not that way, but it is the Lord's day. And, and, and for me, I mean, I'm not trying to sound hyper spiritual here, but for me, the, 
the rest at the end of Sunday is a part of my worship that day. Right. It is a right. part. That's you know, what we, it's intended to be. That's exactly right. We need to have that time where we just go, God, we, 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 we gave all, and you're the one who gives increase, and we, we are dependent on you, and that rest reminds us of that. Yep. You know? um, so I, I think it's a great thing. Great question. Oh, yeah. Next question from Jonathan Lenz. Uh, I was actually, since you were on the phone when I first got here, I was talking to your wife, Mary, and Keith mm-hmm. Swythe, wife Carrie about about this Instagram account that has recently popped up. Worship fails. <laughs> Sorry, so, I just sneezed. <laughs> so uh, Jonathan Lenz says there's this new account, Worship Fails, where videos of various worship services gone oh, awry yes. are posted. I've read a lot of quote unquote lighten up and we should laugh at ourselves uh, comments about it. However, in my opinion, the site is simply holding up Christians for ridicule uh, and just represents a new low for worship culture. Um, but then there's also Christians and worship leaders defending and endorsing it. Should I lighten up or is this the ugly thing that I think it really is? Um, I think it's hilarious myself um, in the right perspective. Yeah. I, you know, I'll say two things about it. One, I laughed so hard I think I pulled a rib. <laughs> Um, because the first time I'd seen it was Saturday. Oh, okay. I had never seen it. And then Mary, I don't know, somebody sent it to Mary and, um, we were looking at it Saturday night and, oh man, did I ever laugh? So I I do think that there is humor in it and I do think we can laugh, you know, at ourselves and not take ourselves too seriously, all that stuff. The other thing I would say about it though, that I think I kind of get where this person's coming from there were a few of those that I, I just I watched and I went, what are we doing? Yeah. And I got to be careful here. Those of you that are listening that have churches that use smoke machines and <laughs> stuff like that, please, please hear my heart here. There, there was one of those videos where, where they set off the fire, fire alarm. <laughs> they set off the fire alarm. And the caption was, you know. Uh, when your intern pumps too much from the fog machine right. And right in the middle of worship, you know, and, and I try to think about this, like, so in that service, my hope would be that there, there's a gathering of Christians who are endeavoring to focus on the Lord and, and enjoy him and make much of him that's happening in the moment. And then the smoke alarm goes off because of the fog machine. And I'm like, what are we doing? Right. Like, is that right? There's there, there, I don't want to laugh too hard because I do realize that that interrupted a moment of worship Mm -hmm. and that we shouldn't be flipping about that. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is I'm going, sometimes I, you know, you, you see that kind of stuff and, and you realize, I think we often put the emphasis on the wrong things. Absolutely. And it leads to this kind of stuff. But the sax solo that oh, was however many goodness. half steps off. Whatever, or, however you feel about this Instagram account, go watch the sax solo on, I think the song it is hurts. Give Thanks. It hurts. Oh, uh, that was where I pulled the rib. Yeah. And that there was that. And then there was one where 
the strum on the guitar was really confident, <laughs> but it was not the right chord. But I, you know, I laugh at stuff like that because I can relate because I've done that before. Yeah. Uh, usually I get it all out during the rehearsal and we all look at each other and chuckle and whatever. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we even do it on purpose yeah. in rehearsal, but you know, we've, <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, we, have we have all been there. We have, I, I, I think, you know, we, we can laugh about this stuff as long as we don't trivialize or what, maybe that's not the right word. As long as we don't, we aren't making fun of the fact that these things are happening in the context of worship. Right. So I think that's where this listener's question should, it it should be taken seriously because these things are happening in a moment of worship. Right. We should not, you know, take that lightly. But at the same time, we, we get ourselves so focused on this superfluous stuff. And, and when something does happen and we mess up, you know, my hope would be that we could look at it and laugh and go, you know what? Maybe God laughs at some of that stuff too. Oh, absolutely. You know, when uh, the guy from, what's the band that wrote the song, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever? Oh, it's escaping me right now, but I know what you're talking about. There's the one where he's on the piano and he- And it hit, falls over? No, no, no. He hits a button accidentally that sets off this, you know, automatic rhythm rhythm stuff. On oh, yeah. And he doesn't know where it's coming from. Yeah. And it was a real quiet moment. He starts looking around and then all of a sudden he realizes, oh, it's my fault. Yeah. And he starts to yeah. laugh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I just appreciated his, uh, you know, just being willing to laugh at himself. Yeah. Right there, One last question. And this is from Kenneth Ledford. And he really planted this because we talked about this. He said, thoughts on the new Joker movie and your own fear of clowns. I don't like clowns just for the record. I haven't thrown a whole lot of punches in my life, but one of them was my old college roommate when he had a clown mask on and he surprised me with it. And I punched him in the jaw. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, Kristen and I, we didn't have anything to do, uh, Friday night. So we were like, people are talking about this new Joker movie. Let's go see it. And we were not entertained. Uh, it is a disturbing movie. Really? Um, I haven't seen it. So, it, so it's, it's, it's kind of a social commentary on the mental health situation Hmm. Um, without getting into too many spoilers. uh, There's, there's one scene uh, and and really when we were talking about, I was like, this is kind of like how things happen in this realm when the gospel isn't applied. Hmm. Right. Um, So there's one scene where he's basically being propped up and people are saying, yes, you are, you're, this is what we want you as you are. Let's not try and fix you at all. Quote unquote. And you know, I say that, you know, Mm. graciously because I know mental health is a legitimate thing in terms of treatment or whatever. And it's, I kind of thought about the, I don't remember what verse it is, but talking about the parts of the body of Christ where some parts should be handled with more care, uh, with greater modesty of, and, and I think one of the pastors recently that committed suicide routinely dealt with severe depression. Is that right? Yes. Where, where maybe, and I don't know for sure, and I can't speak to that situation with 100% certainty, it's feasible that he may not have needed to be in that kind of situation mm-hmm. to care for him Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here, so here's a pastoral thought. Your, your thoughts on... We talked about the Halloween darkness kind of thing, uh, but we have a lot of 
of movies coming out that are just dark and nihilistic and meant to be disturbing. Mm. Um, I think there's some room for, you know, minor chords, obviously. (laughs) So those are going to make you feel uneasy. But something like a movie where it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable, how do we think about that in in the Christian life? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I guess I have pause about um, think disturbing things being entertainment. Right. You know, um, I do realize that the arts can express needed commentary. Mm-hmm. on real issues in a way that sometimes the public forums cannot. Right. And I right. think that's why we need the arts. I think that's why we need songs to be written about the good and the bad things. I mean, you look, you look at the Psalms and it's, uh, Hey God, can you, can you go kill that guy? <laughs> Crush the teeth of the, of the wicked and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I think those, the arts and drama, um, play an important role. Yeah. Not just in our society, but I think in the story that God is writing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about the echoes of eternity that are heard in some of the most famous literary and dramatic works and musical and artistic works that have ever you know, been painted or, or written, mm-hmm. the, the, there's just echoes of eternity and all of that stuff that I think the Christian has the advantage yeah. With gospel understanding to go and listen and hear and see and experience those echoes. Right. And let it lead them to worship. Let it lead them to thought about the gospel. So mm-hmm. can I don't let me say it this way. I haven't seen the Joker movie. And so I, I can't really commentate on the content of it itself. But I will say I don't think the church uses its energy wisely when we just stand up and rail against such things. Right. Rather, I think we should let it lead us to gospel dialogue. Right. And uh, thinking about scripture and thinking about the kingdom of God and being led by God himself as to how we might be the hands and feet of Jesus in a world where these kinds of things are real yeah. And they're being dramatized on a screen for us. And, you know, it's it. I don't know. I just I just feel like Christians want to just jump on these bandwagons where we rail against the world. Why would we expect mm-hmm. the world not to act like the world or, or that or we want the world to inform us on these things where Jesus is still Lord over mental health. Exactly. Uh, we, we, you know, a lot of some of our Christian schools, you know, it's it's we'll throw in a Bible class. Um, and I'm, this isn't original to me, but we'll throw in a Bible class, but you know, Jesus doesn't really have anything to do with what two plus two is. Right. He's Lord of that too. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's all or nothing really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's where we kind of get a little bit of a disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, recommendations. Are we good with just recommending the res faith, all one word podcast and go listen to our elder, uh, stuff this Uh, week. But I would recommend a book. Oh yeah. Um, um, hand me that one under that black book, the one you yeah. gave me. Yeah. Um, this just kind of, 
sort of along the lines of that last listener question, um, this book was recommended to me recently, and I actually read a story from it in a recent sermon I preached. Uh, it's by Oliver Sacks, who was a pretty well-known neurologist. I think mm-hmm. there was actually a movie made about his life called Awakenings. I think okay. is the name of it. Uh, but the book is titled The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat and Other Clinical Tales. And so it's basically stories from his practice. Uh, yeah. And he is a delightful writer. I mean, yeah. it's a really enjoyable book. And there's some really interesting things in here about neurological disorders and, mm-hmm. and what have you. So um, I, I think it's worth, again, I read this with gospel eyes. Right. And that to me is. It's, is, all, it's all about the lens that you're looking at it. Through. Exactly. And, and to see how, you know, science can just lay out the facts for us. And yet we can, as Christians, understand the facts of our world in light of the gospel so it's it's a fun read and it's a good read and there's some really interesting stuff very cool very cool all right so follow us and comment on facebook and instagram you can subscribe on itunes and spotify and leave a five-star review and support the show at anchor.fm where you can donate money and help us improve you can pledge to donate ten dollars a month for a year and get your choice of a piper drive version 2 or wickliffe fuzz so uh, i will leave you with uh westminster effects artist cam lawson right here in greenville and his band the co-work they just put out i think it's a full length it's either a full length or an ep i can't remember no it's a full length uh the so the concept bradley you'll appreciate this is all of the lyrics are just straight up scripture Mm -hmm. there's nothing else Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's a theme here's the passage and we'll sing through it and it's kind of an indie style and and that's it there's no there's no tomlin choruses or anything like that (laughs) so y'all hating on tomlin not hating on tomlin just sometimes it's unnecessary (laughs) (laughs) so thanks for listening here's the co-work